What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. Let's get into it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. What up, what up, what up? Um, welcome to Today's the Day. All right, what's up, everybody? Um, welcome to Today's the Day. Much loved, everybody. Today's the day. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. I wanted to jump on super quick and let you guys know. Um, I'm extremely excited to announce that we finally have the top 10 journals live. They're on todaysthedayshop.com. Make sure you go and get yours. These things are perfect. We got them to the T exactly how we want them. It took longer than we were hoping, but they're amazing. I can't wait for you guys to go and implement these practices and develop these habits that have completely changed my life. So go and check out the journals, go and get yours today. Um, and I appreciate you guys. Much love. What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. And we have a exciting, unique, and I guess a first first experience, which will be a blast. We have Miss Chelsea Baugh today. Thank you for coming, Chelsea. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm, I'm excited. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, we go, honestly, way back in... You know what's crazy? You've known me almost half my life, <laughs> which is crazy. Like saying that is really, really crazy. And and you've Chelsea, you've been you've been amazing to me. So real quick, quick intro for you, um, and then we'll dive through everything. So so Miss Chelsea, obviously married to Mr. Casey Ball. We've had him on here, so anyone mm-hmm. who's watched his his episode, um, but you're originally from just north of Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. You're the second oldest of four kids. Yep. Um, you moved to Utah for college, and you end up playing UVU volleyball all four years of college, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's when you met Casey. And then the rest of your life, you've been, you've been full-time mother, like full full-time mother and then babysitting yeah. Casey as well along. So you, <laughs> you now have five kids, five kids that you, kids. you mother, which is crazy, but let's, so let's breaking it down real quick. Like our relationship, you, as Casey was kind of mentoring me and everything, you, you were always like the less intimidating, more friendly one of the two oh, to good. me at first, especially <laughs> you were always that's like welcoming and nice in case he was like in his, in his world until yeah. we like started talking. Yeah. That's what it is, huh? He gets in his world. He does. He yeah. completely tunes into it's, his it's world. It's not intentional rudeness. <laughs> no, not he's at the, all. He's the nicest. He is the nicest. And I, I, I learned that, focused. but I was very <laughs> intimidated by him. Um, and then I've actually even come to you for advice on anything relationship, relationship related, going out to summer and kind of the other side of the experience, like Mm -hmm. the, the spouse and the partner side of the experience, which will be fun to go and talk about. But first let's go through it way, way, way back. So Mm -hmm. you don't, I don't even know if you know this, you probably do, but I was texting your family last night to go and get a bio. So I was hearing stories about you. I was hearing your old nicknames, which was awesome. (laughs) Um, and, and. But I realized I actually don't know that much about your life prior to being in Utah, being in the Valley and then what your life is right now. So let's rewind all the way back. Fill me in on that situation. Grew up north of Houston. I actually did know that. Yeah. yeah. In a town called Magnolia. It was it was kind of like a country town. It seemed like it was at the time because we moved from uh, total suburbia Mm -hmm. and I loved it. And then um, kind of a kind of a random move. My dad just wanted to have land and have the horses in the backyard. So we picked up the family and we went and I was a fifth grader and, um, sports were always our life growing up. Yeah. And by the time I got into junior high with Texas, you kind of have to narrow the field and figure it out. Yeah. So, um, I picked volleyball and then, um, high school. I mean, I, I was really just like concerned about boyfriends and concerned about volleyball. 
Social life. Pretty simple life. Well, uh, it was just so simple. I yeah, love yeah. That. Amazing parents. My parents, um, uh, super, super loving, super supportive. Um, my mom was a stay at home mom until mm-hmm. I was out of high school. And um, my dad has always owned an auto repair shop, still does, um, retiring soon, actually. And I was, I was good. I was a good player, kind yeah. of like teetering on if I would go D1 or not. Yeah. And um, anyway, wasn't getting accepted or, you know, scholarships from anywhere. I'm also 5'4", so it's kind of this like. <laughs> Were you a little libero? Yeah, yeah, but that didn't come, that didn't come into the scene until I was a senior in high school. Not even for high school. It just came into the college scene when I was a senior in high school. Okay, cool. So it was, it was nice timing because then I went to UVU on kind of like a partial scholarship. So, so real quick, not to cut you off, growing up in Texas, you said your dad wanted land, horses, all of that. Sports was everything. So what was, is it all sisters? Uh, two, an older sister, younger sister, and then, uh, a baby brother, a baby brother. Yeah. So you being second oldest, like you, you guys, would you guys play sports together? Was it just like, yeah, yeah. We were, uh, Brittany and I were really close growing up cause we were only 18 months apart. Yeah. And so my sophomore year, I got brought up to varsity. And so we played together that year. We never played together on club, but, um, yeah. And then she went to UVU. So why UVU? Why'd well, you end up in U- at UVU? Uh, because Brittany was there and then I started emailing the coach, Sam, and then the girl that was the libero decided to go to nursing school. Mm. So the position opened up. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's like funny how it all works out. And was Utah, was Utah a destination? Did you guys grow up LDS? Yeah. Yeah. We grew up LDS. My dad's a convert to the church and uh, my mom was baptized, but inactive. And then they, um, they were, my dad was introduced to the church because sister missionaries came to knock at the door. Oh, nice. Anyway, so he was baptized and then Heck they yeah. raised us in the church. Um, and honestly, it was, it was school, sports, and I just knew I was going to get married. Yeah. Like I just, I just had this like singular focus. I'm going to go to school and I'm going to get married. And I remember telling people that and they thought I was. They thought it was like, bizarre. that was your plan for college. Like you like, yeah. you knew you were going to go to school. You knew you yeah. were going to be playing volleyball and then you're like, and I'm going to get married. While and I'm, I'm going to get married. <laughs> there was never, there was never this huge ambition for, you know, a top tier school for education and academics was never a priority. It just yeah. wasn't. Yeah. And my parents didn't push it. They just, they just weren't that kind. Um, so yeah, it was just like boys and sports and school was like a side <laughs> hobby while you're out there. Super deep. So then yeah. how was that moving from <laughs> Texas to Utah? What was that like? What was the experience moving? And then obviously um, you, you did your thing. Yeah. I got a little taste of it because I, I uh, went on a recruiting trip and then mm. I spent some time with Brittany um, when she was at UVU and I could already tell I was going to love it. And when you, I mean, I don't know how other schools work, but for UVU, they would, um, room us with our teammates, yeah, which was amazing because you know it's kind of scary getting dropped off. I I can vividly still remember being totally okay with it until my parents walked out of the house <laughs> or the apartment, and you're like, oh crap! And I'm thinking, what 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 did I just do? And I literally look out the kitchen window and I see them driving on I-15 south, yeah, to go back to Texas, yeah. Kind of, kind of a, a little bit, a little bit shocked, but it was awesome to have these teammates cause they were just built in friends Yeah, and we just hit the ground running with, um, preseason and then went into the season. So it made it, it made it an easier transition for me 
Yeah. Um, but that was kind of the, the course it was, you know, start school, volleyball, you know, all day. Well, aside from school. And so dating, you know, and like hanging out with friends was slim to numb during season. Yeah. And then season ended, uh, end of November. So that's when Casey and I met. So you met after your first season. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually, he was actually in my apartment complex. Yeah. So when the whole complex had a lot of athletes Yeah. and how he ended up there, I don't know, but he was in the other side. <laughs> he didn't but, belong there is what she's yeah. saying. She said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how Casey no, ended up no with the athletes. <laughs> I don't know how he ended up actually, with the athletes. Actually, he went there to play baseball. So maybe that's how actually, but he was there with all of his mission buddies. He was an so athlete. You, he was he was a killer athlete. Good, good, good save. <laughs> so you met him after your first after your first season, and then explain that dynamic. So obviously, fast forwarding however many years, yeah, like that that's your life now. Yeah, yeah, right. 19. Like that's crazy. Holy cow! So yeah. so literally met him after your first season, and then what was that dynamic? What where was he at? Like what was well, he life? he was trying out for the baseball team and he didn't he didn't make it and he was just like devastated. Did he talk about that on the no, show? No, not at all. Yeah, he was devastated because he just um, that was his life. Yeah, he, he was he was very similar in high school, right? It was like girls, football, baseball, snowboarding. Yeah, period, you know. So and he had <laughs> and he had played um, uh, junior college ball, yeah, baseball. I knew that. Right. Went on his mission and then he came to UVU thinking like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try out. I'll, I'll be on the team. I think he knew some friends from back in Logan that yeah. were on the team or connected to it. Anyway, um, he got cut, cut and it was just, uh, yeah. One of those crossroads in your life where you have to step back and go, oh, wait, where do I go from here? Yeah. You know, your plan is not working out. So you got to go pivot and figure totally. something else out. Totally. So, so what role did you play in that part? Like where it's like, okay, um, we, we, we had just met. Yeah. And so he's thinking like, what? Well, I, I only know baseball. So I got to find some other school and go, you know, try out. But simultaneously he, he was being recruited by a friend from back in Logan as mm. well, who was doing summer sales. Um, Cause at the time he was in hospitality management. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Random. I mean, I, I think his dad knew someone and was kind of successful at it. So he just thought like, Oh, okay. I want to be successful. Sure. I'll do that. Yeah. What, like, how did you guys' relationship come to be? Like what, how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, I was just into it from the get go. Like I just kind of knew, I mean, I, I was, I was attracted to him. He's super charismatic. Um, taking me on fun dates. We would hang out all the time. And then Christmas break happened and I went back. I, I, I vividly remember my grandpa, Poppy, asking me like, Chels, you, you know, you dating anyone? Cute. I said, yeah, actually I actually have a boyfriend. He's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, his name's Casey, you know, da, da, da. And then we meet up once we get back. And it was so awkward so weird and he was not calling me his girlfriend that's for sure <laughs> oh you that's what Back you mean is it was like no it's not mutual no i just assumed <laughs> i was just amazing. really excited about it i guess um <laughs> anyway so we got back and then yeah we just started hanging out again it was just easy yeah and then and then um we were engaged in april that's crazy so it would have been what month did you guys meet November. November. Yeah. You're calling him boyfriend on your Christmas break home yeah, and then yeah. engaged in April. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't even think you thought we were exclusive until like February. You're the real winner because that was your game plan. Your game plan was volleyball school and get married. Get and you married. executed and he didn't execute on anything. <laughs> he was actually failing on the surface at everything and you were succeeding. On the, on the surface. That's no, amazing. Everything was succeeding on the inside. Absolutely. I'm, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. So we he he proposed right before I left to Texas. Mm-hmm. He went and sold in Des Moines, Iowa. My parents had never met him. You guys were engaged. His whole first summer, your parents mm-hmm. had never met him. You went home engaged and they're like, where is he? And you're like, oh, he's out knocking on doors. Oh yeah. How did I that think, go over? I think my, I think my mom asked me like a thousand times if I was sure, are you, are you sure you're in love with him? I'm like, you gotta quit asking me. Like, I really think I am. <laughs> <laughs> I really, you're making I, I me really, second guess, but I thought I was. I thought I was. No, I totally, I just knew I was so, I was so in it. So and, I, um, I have a question on that. So I'm I'm in more of Casey's position in the in this conversation. This is why it's going to be so fun. I feel like too is because there's so many like insights to your life mm-hmm. in just your life in general, but also in the facet of like your part and everything is so key and so crucial. And Casey talks about that, but no one ever really gets to hear why or mm-hmm. how how you do it because in our industry, like a rep is literally made or broken by their spouse or their partner. Like yeah, it seems you to can, be. you can have a rep that is lights out, could be the best of the best to ever do it. If they don't have a supportive and not on the surface supportive, but a truly supportive, like yeah. willing to sacrifice, mm-hmm. willing to like do the unconventional thing where your mm-hmm. parents are totally doubting the situation and you have like faith in like, where did that stem from? Like mm. you're, your faith that it was going to work out or your, your belief yeah. in Casey hmm. after his track record of on the surface, not, <laughs> not succeeding. I'm kidding. He, yeah, he obviously yeah, totally. had done a lot until then, yeah, but yeah. like where truly like, where does that come from? And the confidence to be able to go home and be like, yeah, mom, no, like I am sure I'm engaged. Yeah. Huh? That's a good question. I don't know. I, 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 I've always been a really faithful person. Mm-hmm. And, um, for me, it was a matter of personal prayer and just talking to God and asking like, Hey, is this guy, is this guy it, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it happens very often, but I think you have these moments in your life. Um, you know, for me, it's God, but for anybody that has a connection to a higher power, I think typically you just move your feet and you go Yeah. and you walk through life. Um, because there's no other choice. You just live. And then there are these indelible moments when, when God speaks to you because he knows that a certain thing has to happen for the rest of the trajectory to go the way that it should go. Yeah. Um, oftentimes I think that like you could pick this or that and your trajectory still remains solid and you're headed in a good direction. But I think that th- that there are those few crossroads when yeah. you have to make a choice. And if you choose the other route, like you were saying with Casey and the baseball thing, had that thing worked out, it it just would have been, different. A, everything's different. Everything's different. So, um, yeah, for me, it was just before even going home and before even being engaged, actually, I already knew just because it was, um, you know, the way that I receive answers to things in my life. And it was, it was just completely indelible. But on that, that's, like a superpower in sorts. So using, using the word God for 90% of people resonates amazingly using Mm -hmm. the word intuition, higher power for other people resonates as well. But like the thing with that is, is so many people don't listen. 
Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. Like where did, where did that, like, how did you go? And like, you were willing to go and listen to your yeah. gut, your intuition to God, yeah. to your, your revel, like your, yeah. how did you go and like, listen? Cause most people you hear it and right. like, no, no, no. Like <laughs> this dude's not it. <laughs> right. right. Or like, oh no, like he, he probably shouldn't mm-hmm. go and do that. Cause I think a lot of people are, are just reluctant to go and like, really like take the leap of faith if that makes sense or even totally. listen to their intuition where yeah. did you learn to go and like listen to your intuition like that or allow that to be yeah. loud enough for you does that make sense totally ava's gonna start laughing because um she said i was gonna talk about god and um that's that's what i'm doing here we are <laughs> here we are because truthfully honestly i mean when you're when you're asking me that the first thing that comes to mind is um when i was eight years old you know in our in our religion in our church we get baptized at the age of eight and i remember my dad and my sister and i we sang a song at my baptism and um anyway we were singing it and i went to sing and i couldn't sing you know mm-hmm. and i if for the first time in my life at such a young age you know eight eight years old yeah i'm i can't sing and my dad puts his arm around me and I knew, I just knew that it was what my mom had talked about and what I had been taught through, you know, these primary classes that you go to when you go to church on Sunday. Um, and it just all came together. Um, and obviously, as I've grown, I've been able to reflect on that. And I know what it actually means on a deeper level. But then I just knew that there was something going on in my heart. Mm. Um, and again, it was so distinct and indelible. Um, I just, I I just have always felt that when God talks to me. Mm. So, uh, it's, you can recognize it. I just recognize it. Right. And so there were different times in high school, um, that that would come along. And, um, I think it's just my, it was just my brain practicing listening. That's really cool. And that's like, that. that's you. Yeah. Credit to you for that. Cause you have to kind of go and allow that to govern your decisions or totally. even influence your decisions. Most people completely ignore it. And that's like right. kind of one of the big challenges in life is getting quiet enough and at peace enough to go and hear those things, totally. which is, yeah. that's really, really cool. Okay. So then first summer you guys are engaged, goes out. And I've, I've heard this story from Casey's perspective. He gives you this ring that was just pitiful in his, in his explanation. <laughs> I still have it. You still have it. Of course I have it. Your that's mom amazing. and dad were looking at it like, Oh boy. <laughs> Right. Um, according to Casey, but anyways, so he goes out and he does, he goes and makes the most of it. And like that, yeah. then what's next? So that, that happens. So that happens. I'm a, I'm going into my junior year mm-hmm. and, um, starting my degree mm-hmm. in elementary ed. So as an athlete, NCA, uh, NCAA requires you to, to, to declare your major when you're a sophomore. Mm. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And, um, Anyway, I had a teammate going into the program. And so I thought, I don't know, it sounds good. Like, I'll just do this. <laughs> but again, like <laughs> I wanted to get married and I wanted to be a mom. Yeah. And um, I, I must have just had, I don't know if it's naivety or what, but like I just, once I met Casey, I just kind of figured, I just assumed. You didn't care. I just assumed I would be a mom, which which oh, was assuming oh, oh. a lot, right? Yeah. I was like assuming that he was going to be like totally successful, make enough money, right? Financially that, you know, yeah. he could support the entire family and I wouldn't have to work. Yeah. Which, I mean, that, I mean that's pretty bold to like just assume, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
but my ambitions just lied in being, being a mom. So I finished junior year and then went into senior year and we were just excited to start a family. Yeah. So then going into that, starting a family, you'd been married how many years? Uh, let's see. That was, uh, January of 2008. So three years. Okay. And then like you decide you guys are going to go start a family. First off, how did that go? And then I have a follow-up question as well. Like starting your family, like the very oh, the yeah. beginning of it. Well, I mean, it was really exciting. It was like, fortunately, super easy for us. He was out, um, selling. Mm-hmm. I sent him a little package in the mail with some like baby clothes. Yeah. To tell him. To tell him. Because oh, no he wasn't way. there. We f- I found out I was pregnant. No way. Sent it. He dropped everything. Drove home. And uh, that was our, let's see. Uh, we were going to be entering into our second summer selling. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was just getting pregnant, finishing my my degree finishing my bachelor's and we were, we were off. That is crazy. So, so then my, my, I guess I, yeah, my question on that is like, okay, along this, the thing that's so fascinating to me before we get into the rest of what you've done, because the rest of what you've done as a mom is like even more fascinating and going to be fun to talk about. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, when you're starting a family and all that, you are literally absorbing the role of like, you basically run the household. Mm-hmm. It, with with his job this means he's traveling he's selling he's out knocking on doors his schedule's everywhere and he's fully dedicated to his people yeah like he is probably fielding calls consistently and a totally. lot of a lot of partners and wives it's like it becomes like like they resent the job for mm-hmm. that does that make mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. how did you go and have or what made you have like the long-sighted vision mm-hmm. of like oh this is worth it because in the moment and maybe in the moment it was even worth it but for some people yeah. in the moment it's not but it takes like my career specifically it took years to go and get to the point where it was worth it Mm -hmm. from like surface level. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it must've been a huge part must've been my upbringing. Mm. My mom and dad have an amazing interdependent relationship. Mm -hmm. My dad's super independent in his things. My mom's super independent in her things. Um, my mom and I are also very similar, very Mm. similar. Um, and they just, they always had an excellent marriage yeah. and you know, my dad, he had like a new hobby every couple of years, cowboy mounted shooting and barbershop quartet and, you know, like random, just totally, totally, yeah, yeah, totally <laughs> random and like completely excelled at them. Yeah. The best of the best. And, um, my mom just like let him fly and let him do his thing. And she was totally, um, happy doing her thing is how I perceived it. And, you know, as, as I've gotten older, you know, and, um, our relationship, my mom and I, and my both, both with my parents are, it's amazing, but you know, there were obviously things in marriage, how that's how it goes, right? Like hard times. Yeah. Uh, but, but how I perceived it was just this magical marriage, amazing family, amazingly loving home. And, you know, a couple that just totally support each other. So it must've stemmed, from that, that makes sense because it it didn't it it um I mean I guess it was hard ah 
it really wasn't that it wasn't that hard yeah we just well Casey i don't think I you let it be that it. hard like here's the thing there's people in that exact situation that let it be the hardest thing in the world sure like think about how many things if you were looking through it through a specific lens right. could have been negative like you right. found out you were pregnant without him even being in town oh my goodness right and oh you didn't even, right do you know what i'm yeah, saying and you didn't yeah, even yeah. think about that like you yeah. so that that's what's so unique and that's what's so cool yeah to me yeah well thank you yeah i mean uh, the hours are crazy Right. And so in the mornings we would go and work out and we had, we had, um, things in common. So yeah. we would go to the gym together in the mm-hmm. morning and then, you know, they would have their, what is that? Correlation meeting. Yep. Yeah. Cor- correlation meeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> do you call it that still? Still do. Absolutely. Um, so he would go do that and then I would do my thing and, um, we would just make the most of it and go, go out to dinner if we could late at night yeah. or. I don't know. I would find a favorite show. I mean, it was, it, it was so like surfacey and menial things that I was like keeping myself occupied with. Yeah. Um, because that summer I was pregnant. And so I had like, you know, something huge coming up. Yeah. But in the meantime, just being pregnant, I would, I would like go to cheesecake factory and get myself a cheesecake and go watch a show by myself. And I just that sounds like amazing. the life I get so jealous. <laughs> I get so jealous. I'm like that. That would be amazing. But then your life, really, like your next life, I would say that way. Yeah, it, the next like phase of your life though started yeah. once you went and had Callie. Then right, like totally. That was probably a. You, how was that? Yeah, what was um, that experience? And I'm never gonna experience this because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, never totally. gonna have to be pregnant and <laughs> give birth. But that's right. You'll be on the other side of it. But um, uh, it was amazing. I got diagnosed with gestational diabetes, which is uh, diabetes that you get when you're pregnant. So that was a little bit of a, a kind of a shocker for me just because I have had good health. Like up to that point, I'd had good health my whole life. And yeah. anyway, uh, it's totally manageable. Um, I'm super disciplined in my life. Um, and so the doctor told me like, Hey, you're, you're, blood sugar levels can only get to this and it can't go above. Otherwise we need to, you know, do insulin. And to me, when I heard that, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to fail if I have to take insulin. It was like, I, it was just like totally how I interpreted it. It was wrong. It was totally wrong. So I, um, yeah, I mean, I think I say that I didn't have much to focus on. That actually was my focus that summer was this gestational diabetes because I was so, so focused on these numbers and I couldn't go above these numbers and couldn't eat anything because anything would spike it. And really the reality was like, Hey, if it could, because typically the way gestational diabetes works is that it will progressively get worse throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. Even if you're the best of the best at managing it, which I was doing a dang good job. So by the end of it, I like literally couldn't eat any of it, like anything. But I, in my mind was like, I'm not going to be on insulin. We had also, moved back. So then I had to switch doctors and, um, you know, like pregnancy overlook on that was just kind of lost for a second, found yeah. a new doctor. And so, um, I, at, at the end of the day, the, the pregnancy was, uh, pretty good, but I wasn't gaining any weight. I mean, like this isn't going to mean much to y'all, but I, I gained like 10 pounds. Period. It means nothing to me, but that sounds okay. Like crazy. typically, Does that gain mean like, like sixty you, pounds. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, like a lot. Fifty, sixty, forty to sixty, right? So all of a sudden, That's crazy. yeah, yeah. So then, you know, it was like the first time in my life that I was really dealing with like uh, stress. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think I just lived in La La Land, like up through high school and then to that point. Yeah. Um, and then, and then she was born, but it was emergency delivery because, um, she, there was like no fluid, mm-hmm. um, and they had to just to get her out fast because yeah. the board can get wrapped around because there's just not much to swim in literally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so she came, but not, I mean, she was still like full term. That was, I was three weeks early, Yeah. two weeks early. Um, and then, you know, the gestational diabetes went away and then we're like back to normal life, you know, like raising a baby, yeah. Casey's excelling in work. We're living, um, at the time in those Riverwoods apartments. Yeah. And, um, felt like a dream, you yeah. know? So, so what advice do you have, I guess specifically, cause there are specific people listening that are in either a position where their partner goes out and they do the sales thing or their son goes out and does their sales thing or whatever it may be. And the outside looking into it is always so skewed. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for someone if they have a significant other that's in this world? Mm. like to just handle it well and to, to see the the potential benefits, like what advice would you have? Mm. Um, I think number one, you, you have to be working on yourself because I don't think mm. that you have the capacity to give the kind of support and be the kind of cheerleader that you need to be. If um, you, you know, aren't taking care of yourself and loving yourself. So um, I think I, must have been doing a decent enough job at that, you know, like yeah. always taking personal time to exercise and be healthy and, um, you know, have my own things going. I had now motherhood right Yeah. before it was volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always had a focus and, you know, was pretty confident in my life. Yeah. I've always, I've always noticed that. And to, you mentioned this a little bit earlier to give everyone a broad like understanding of it. Casey taught me about interdependence really, really early on when I was still yeah. in high school. And I like when I look at relationships now, I look for interdependence, like as corny as that sounds. And like yeah. that is it's so important that both people are fully independent in their life. And then when they're together, their life is way better. Yeah. Rather than one depending on the other or both depending on each other right. in any f- sense of the word. And that that is one thing I've always noticed. Like when he taught me that I started like assessing people's relationships per yeah, se, yeah, yeah, which is weird. And it's not my place, but Therapist, like, yeah, like Zach. not my place. <laughs> and I don't ever say anything, but like that is, I've noticed that about yours and Casey's like you completely live your own life. Like mm. you aren't like, I've never seen you like waiting on Casey, mm. if that makes sense. And obviously yeah. like, and it's, it's both ways and not in a bad way. Like mm-hmm. you like leave him in the dust, but like, no, 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 no. At, while he's out doing his thing, you're totally doing your thing. Right. Right. And like, if I'm correct from what we've talked, you kind of go and not like your dad, kind of like your dad, you go and pick up on hobbies too. Yeah. In a way like cycling everything. And then your family said just recently pottery, Ah, which I didn't even know. So that's cool. But like, I I think that's perfect advice. I think that's really, really cool advice Mm -hmm. to go work on yourself as, as you're being like the best cheerleader you can be and vice versa too. Casey, I'm sure has always been like a huge cheerleader for you and anything you want to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. So then, so, First kid down as it progresses, you had your kids all pretty close together, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Callie. Callie and Ava are 21, 22 months apart. Okay. And then so Cubby. they're pretty, yeah. But after Ava was born, we had a massive um, happening in our life. Callie wasn't talking, and Casey's mom kind of mentioned, hey, you know, she's not, she's a nurse, and, 
you know, recognizing she's not really talking. And I just didn't notice being a first time mom, you don't have any perspective. Right. Yeah. And I didn't really have too many friends that had, um, babies. Yeah. Um, anyway. And so, uh, yeah, I, I thought, Oh, okay, well, great. We'll just go get her ears checked. You know, cause obviously, and that was the advice of grace Casey's mom, like, yeah, go get her ears checked and yeah. see if she's hearing. Okay. And we did, and she had perfect hearing. And so I thought like, Oh, you know, there must be like a delay or something. And, and then, um, you know, like subtle, subtle little, um, idiosyncrasies are coming out in her, but that's kind of how I viewed them. Like, Oh, you know, like she would, um, um, like do this babbling with her, with her words. But, you know, again, first time mom, I'm like, Oh, it's kind of cute, you know? <laughs> but like, not exciting. normal, you know? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so then it was actually a call for my sister, Sydney. Mm-hmm. And, um, she called me up and she said, Hey, I've been, I've been debating if I should call you all day. I'm like, well, what's up? You know? Yeah. She's like, but it's the end of the day. And I just knew in my heart, like, if I didn't call you, I'd regret it for the rest of my life. And I'm thinking, dang, like, what, it, what is so heavy right now? Yeah. And um, she said, I was in my child development class. She was getting her master's at the time. Childhood development class. And um, they were going over the symptoms or the signs of autism. Mm. And she said, we were just going through a list and it was a check mark on every single one for Callie. Mm. And you know, that's pretty bold. I could see why she was hesitating calling yeah. me. Right. Um, it could be really offensive to somebody. Yeah. I mean, we already knew that she wasn't talking well, but that was kind of all that we like yeah. were concerned about. Yeah. Anyway, but she went through the list and I'm, I couldn't deny it either. I'm like, Oh, Oh, Okay. And honestly, I was really naive to what even autism was. I didn't have any friends or even kids in school. Autism wasn't really a thing. It was absolutely a thing. Yeah. It just wasn't talked about. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I got off the phone with her and, um, you know, she was, she was just, she brought in positivity to something that was super, super heavy yeah, and could have been negative because she's like, but the thing that we were talking about in the class and the reason why I felt like I need to tell you is because, you know, the, the stats and the research on early intervention is um, huge. Yeah. It just changes Like catching lives. it early and like going totally. and helping work through some things. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, I thought, okay, yeah. So if this is the case, we'll just like, we'll we'll figure it out and we'll get her the help she needs, whatever. I mean, at that point it was, you know, self-diagnosis. But, um, anyway, then I went to Casey's office and told him and he was not a fan. Like he was, he was, I mean, and, and truth be told, he's not, he's not in the day to day. Yeah. Callie was me and Callie 24 seven, you know? Exactly. Um, so when I told him he, uh, he didn't really get it and like almost slightly offended. Yeah. Like that's a little audacious of Sydney. Yeah. You know? Like an assumption. Totally. I think got that's you. That's a big assumption. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. anyway, so long story short, we just start going through the, the testing and sure enough, she tested on the spectrum and that was like the biggest, um, change in my life to that point. Yeah. You know, 
mm-hmm. you know, just rewinding the, the gestational diabetes was like this. Oh, wow. Stress. Like what happened? I'm like, life's supposed to be kind of perfect. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? And then this happens and all of a sudden it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And we just went full fledged into therapy for five years. Yeah. And Ava was, um, one at the time mm-hmm. or not even. And, um, yeah, we just went into this, this therapy group and did it until she was in kindergarten. So that was my life. I started a blog, got connected with the autism community, started yeah. doing charity events for autism and, um, yeah, it was changing your life. It was amazing. That is really, really cool. I, I and I actually didn't even know the extent of that either. That's very cool. Yeah. Um. So then, as as time goes on, you're working through that. Casey's still doing his thing. You now have both. And then, how how long until Covey came along? Uh, Covey took a little bit longer because the gap's four and a half years. Mm. So she came, and um, let's see. At that point, Callie was kind of past the autism thing as far as therapy went. Yeah. And so then it was just three kids, you know, Yeah, a lot. Just mayhem. Totally. And, and I mean, we had stopped, I had stopped going out with Casey after. So, so let's see, uh, Callie was born and we went out one last summer together. Mm. And then then, he would go out and you'd stay uh for how many more years after that? Oh no, that was his last summer. Oh, his last summer going out. I got you. Got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And then he would go out traveling. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. So then house with three kids, everything like that. How was that dynamic? And that was kind of, Covey was really, really little when I first met you guys. Like, Oh yeah. She was, yeah, she was really, really little. I don't, uh, I don't have any kids. so I couldn't even tell you how old, but she was young. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that was kind of when I saw your guys's life and like Casey talks about it, but like truly from the outside looking in, even from my perspective, like you are absolutely a hero running that and keeping it kind of dialed, especially <laughs> knowing Casey too. Like Casey's like part I'm of laughing. it is. I'm laughing because Covey, Covey once told me, mom, so you're, you're actually the boss of the house, but dad's <laughs> way more popular than you. <laughs> Do you remember that? Or did you tell me? Was that like, Ava? I, don't, I don't know if that's a compliment or what, but you're like, but you're like, the first part's true. You're like, I'm absolutely the boss of the house. Um, that's amazing. That's hilarious. But yeah, no, like you, yeah, you, you absolutely go and kind of run that. So, and then, and then from there, kind of a fun turn of events, the next, the next two in line, which has been really cool to go and watch. And I've been yeah, yeah. from, from watching and everything like that, go and, and kind of break down CJ and, and text coming into things and that experience. Yeah. And I was kind of firsthand in some of that. Like I would be over there as the discussions were starting and then as it was happening and everything, but I've never oh, really wow. heard in depth. Yeah. How uh, it went down. Yeah. How everything went down, why it went down, yeah. the experience. So we just, we, we were trying to get pregnant after Covey mm-hmm. and it wasn't working out. So we didn't, we didn't waste time and we just went straight to fertility mm-hmm. and just assumed that it would work easy. And, um, we just went hard at it. it we would have a fail, um, with kind of lesser invasive treatments, we would go right back into it, fail right back into it. And, um, that was, let's see, that was, um, the start of 2018. Yep. 2018. So, um, by the summertime, we're like, okay, that those, those treatments aren't working. Let's do IVF, which is like kind of the end all for fertility. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we went into it, but, when we first started, Casey's sister 
had just started the adoption process. So we were kind of watching that, but yeah. still in my mind, I'm like, we're, we're getting our kids through fertility, you know? Yeah. So we do IVF and it is intense. It's like, it's so intense on women, the hormones, the, you know, you're from just what not I know, yourself. Yeah. From what totally. I know about it, it's like gnarly, gnarly, gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had one girl from before I started that was like, I've never felt better. And I'm like, great. That's going to be me. And I think I was lying to myself the whole time. Like, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm fine. No, I was a mess. I wasn't myself and I didn't even realize it. And then that, that fail was really tragic. And then. And then we took a break for like a month, but I'm telling you, we like month to month to just month, back to back to back, just to doing back. treatment, treatment, treatment. Oh my goodness. So it was so intense. And then, um, starting in December, we're like, okay, I don't have the bandwidth to do IVF again. Let's go back to those lesser invasive treatments, fail, fail, March comes. So literally this is how it works. One month break. You, usually people will take like, let's take five months off. Let's take six months off or whatever. Yeah. One month break, went into it January, fail, went into it February, fail, went into it March. And um, Casey had said, hey, would you be open to adoption if we if it fails again? Because statistically with the treatment that we were doing after three tries, your your percentage of getting pregnant goes like way down. Yeah. So um, I said, yeah, but I wasn't super into it, yeah. you know? Um, but I, but I also said yes, because when Kara adopted Karen Patrick, yeah, she came into Utah. It was an emergency delivery. Patrick wasn't able to come right at the beginning. Um, and so I was free and able to pick her up from the airport, went to the hospital and saw the whole thing go down. Yeah. An amazing experience, super touching, um, changed my heart a little bit around adoption, but again, wasn't going to be for us. Yeah. And then she, um, you know, takes the baby home, Jack to our sister-in-law who lives near the hospital that she was at. And she calls me up again. She says, Chelsea, I, I caught the flu. I can't, I can't keep Jack. Can you take him? So of course I'm like, yes, I'll take Jack, you know? Yeah. So I watch him for a week and it was by day two. I re I remember it. I, I took his, um, car seat you know, he's like days old. Yeah. Took him into our gym, mm -hmm. you know, and set him by the treadmill and I'm running and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, is this what it's like to adopt? <laughs> I just, this, he's like days old. I'm like running on the treadmill. It's amazing. Um, but it was this surreal moment. You know how you have these moments where yeah. like everything stands still yeah. or, or slows down and something clicks and something clicks and I'm looking at him and, um, like I love them. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just, it was so strange to me because I'm thinking, I don't know this baby is like, I'm so far removed really yeah. from this baby. Um, anyway. And so that was that. And then, and then Kara got well and Jack went back to her and we went on our way. Um, and so what I didn't know then was that it, it was a moment where God was telling me like, Hey, Charles, you don't know what's going to happen, but you need this moment here to open your heart to adoption because mm. you're actually going to get your next two children through adoption. Mm. So I, I didn't know at the time, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
but the mark was made. And so anyway, March failed. The, the treatment during March failed. Um, contacted a few adoption agencies. It didn't feel very good. One finally um, worked, felt really good. That was um, April. And then our paperwork took, took quite a while. And it was in July that we were finally, finally finalized. Meaning adoptive moms or parents can't look at a family until they're legitimized through the state. Okay, cool. So, um, we're obviously impatient because in that time we're like, this is taking forever, (laughs) which anybody who listens to this, if they happen to have gone through the adoption process, they're going to be like, you guys were insane. Like it was like mere months of waiting. You have no idea. No, no idea. That's amazing. So, so we're crazy. And in the meantime, we're like, let's just try IVF again. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's try IVF again. I don't. Who made so that call? Casey actually mentioned it. And my girlfriend, <laughs> I, we, we both kind of like, I had a girlfriend uh, who was doing it at the time. And her, her doctor was super relaxed about it. He just seemed to make the process go way faster. My process before seemed almost to be six months from start to finish. And mm. she was, she was done in like six weeks. So it was just this. And you guys are the most stubborn human beings on the planet. Yeah, obviously we must be, right? Like <laughs> just we're holding just, out. You're like, it's going to work. It's going like. to work. It's got to work. And, th- and this time we were, we were finally, we were finally, um, we had, we had some perspective and it was like, okay, either, either it's going to work with IVF or we're, we're going to go through adoption, but let's, why not try, try it again? Um, like insane people, but it, it all was supposed to be. So, so we start another cycle mm-hmm. and, um, we get finalized in July. We get two situations. That's what they call it. Like a birth mother situation. Mm-hmm. She didn't pick us. Second one didn't pick us. They were like, three weeks apart. And then, um, Jessica's Is that situation. pretty common? Is that pretty common where you don't get picked? Um, oh yeah. It is. Oh yeah. 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 And even more tragically you get picked and then you get dropped. I mean, it happens all the time. No way. Like uh, someone will choose you to adro- adopt a kid and then you could even get to the point of meeting you, the kid and then. Yeah. Yeah. In your arms. And then oh you walk out empty handed. Gosh. Often. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. So, um, or, or birth moms that just kind of um, milk the system and get as much um, financial aid out of it as they can mm. and then drop it at the end. Because oh once you get signed on, you get everything taken care of financially. Yeah. Which they should. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, let's see. Where were we, where were we at? Jessica's, Jessica's situation, situation came in. Yep. And so in the meantime, so we're doing IVF. Jessica's situation comes in like two weeks prior to, I think like it's mayhem. impatience. It sounds like absolute mayhem and it, it, like it actually, overwhelm. It actually is and plays into a lot and, and probably what we'll get to, into in, in a second. But, um, so then on top of that, I connect with a friend who's like, you got to try this consultant, this adoption consultant. And, you know, they, they just like do everything faster. And, um, you know, financially it's, it's a little expensive. And so, you know, typically people will choose one or the other, but, you know, we're in a position to be able to do that as well. So we're kind of thinking like, let's just not put all of our eggs in one basket. We're just going to like try everything here, you know, impatience was definitely, yeah, that, that, that was, was, (laughs) which, which like, um, maybe ends up to our favor or not. I don't know. But anyway, so we get the consultant. So I sit, I send the situation to her. She's like, it actually looks amazing. Um, 
you know, I would say yes to this situation because really in saying yes to a situation, you're really just saying yes mm-hmm. all the way. I mean, you definitely can pull out, but it's just looked really down upon. Yeah. You know, you don't want to put a birth mother through that. Like they're really putting themselves out there to pick someone. Yeah. A hundred percent. That makes sense. And so anyway, we, we say yes. The way it works is they'll, they'll go and show three or four families to mm-hmm. a birth mother at a time. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to pick from those families and you just have a book with pictures in it. That's all they get. And a letter. Um, uh, and that's it. And oh we went to California to Disneyland mm-hmm. with our girls. And we, we just had a break and I was in the hotel room. Casey was sleeping and my watch rings and I see it's from um, Sandy, the location. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Sandy, that's, that's the, that's where the agency is, you know, mm-hmm. I'm excited and answer it. And she's like, Hey, Chelsea, it's Jessica or not Jessica. It's say your name is Tiffany. Hey, it's Tiffany. Um, I just wanted to let you know that Jessica picked your family. No way. And that's it. That like that's that's how they just that's how they let you know. And I'm I'm like trying to not cry, half shocked, half like uh, like don't know what to say, you know. And um anyway, I did I finally just told her that I'm like, I actually I don't know what to say right now. I'm like so excited, but I'm just kind of shocked and I don't know what to say. She's like, it's okay. It's totally normal. Um, you know, enjoy your trip. Come back. We'll start, you know, the relationship with a phone call. And we go from there. She has about five weeks t- till she's due. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll talk to you when you get back. So we finish our trip. We get back Sunday, Sunday evening. And then I didn't, you know, we went to bed, got up in the morning, get the kids to school. Wasn't really checking my phone. Literally the girl's get out of the car. They shut the door. I finally look at my phone for the first time. And I see a text from Tiffany that says, call me baby boy is born. No way. Yeah. No. I, and again, I'm just like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is happening. You know? Text updates. Oh my Text hell. updates. <laughs> so crazy. I call Casey and he's shocked and we're so excited and rushed to the Riverton hospital walk in so surreal, you know, you're walking in and because we had had the three girls biologically, you know, the process of going in to have a baby, Mm -hmm. but to go in not pregnant, knowing that potentially you're going to walk out with a baby. That's got to be so crazy. It's just, it's just surreal. And I didn't know, like there was no counsel on that ahead of time on this is how it goes down, but you literally just walk in and walk into the birth mother's room. And there was CJ in his little crib and Jessica in the bed and um we just get to talking and let's say that was okay so that was a Monday um and you know I stay overnight at the hospital Tuesday she was out of there by like Tuesday midday oh wow yeah amazing amazingly right she has three kids that are in the apartment waiting for her three under five at the oh, time, gosh. three under five, busy, busy, just had, um, CJ by C-section and was on the plane that night to go home. Oh my to word. East St. Louis, Illinois. Yeah. Oh my crazy. word. That is crazy. Yeah. She's a hero. Um, anyway, and then, and then it was just me and CJ. And so for, you know, moms out there who have done fertility, going back to that, we were doing our IVF cycle still. Oh yeah. We had yeah, yeah. started like two weeks before. We were matched. So in your head, then is it like, oh my goodness, I'm like, I'm, we're going to have two kids. 
Yeah, because I'm like, why, why, why else would we have done this? Surely, surely this is happening. We're yeah. gonna have two kids. Yeah. And um, you know, there's like somewhat of a like romantic vision of this, like, oh, this is amazing and so exciting. <laughs> Also crazy, you know? <laughs> and then there's a little bit of reality that's like, what in the world is what's, happening? What's going on, right? That's so awesome. anyway, that obviously didn't turn out. And um, let's see, Casey, like two months, one month into it, he transitions out of Vivint. Yep. Which is, that was a, that was a massive transition for our marriage and for our family. Yeah. Right? He was, what was he, 12 years, 13 years? Yeah. About at, at just Vivint in the industry even longer too, uh-huh. which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So um anyway, uh then COVID hits. But it was pretty it was pretty beautiful because he transitioned out of Vivint and was um, you know, just kind of I mean, he's never just floating, like he's always productive and always like but he was around. charging, but he was around. Yeah. And so I mean it was the first time ever that he had the unique experience to be with CJ every single morning. So he would get up with him and spend from like 6am to 8am and I would sleep in, I would go work out and then I would tend to the girls get them ready for school. And, um, he just bonded like crazy with CJ, which was amazing. Totally amazing. Um, and then COVID hit, which just elongated that, yeah, that routine. Exactly. Which again was just totally, totally amazing. And so at that point we, um, we knew we were going to adopt again, but for me personally, something, something happened. So was it spring of 2020? Cause that was when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was spring of 2020 and we went out to eat with, um, two of our very, very good friends, um, to, two very good, um, couple friends, um, went to Ruth's Chris actually, and everything is fine except it's COVID. Right. And it's the beginning where like nothing shut down yet, It's just weird, but there's talk and it's weird and all the opinions and, and I was sick at the time, like had a nasty cold <laughs> and was just Perfect. totally going rogue. Like I'm not, I don't have COVID. I'm not getting, you know, just like being really stubborn and, um, the honestly for lack of a better word, just stupid about it. And, um, Anyway, and my friends were like, well, Chels, like what, what if you passed it to someone and then they died? Like if any of us did that, like how, how, how could we manage? And there were just these heavy questions. And I remember closing my mouth and my, I literally was like so congested. So I couldn't breathe when I would close my mouth to chew. And then I felt a little dizzy and I'm looking around like, what is, what is happening? And I tap Casey and I'm like, we got to get out of here. I get like, I feel really dizzy you know, really subtle. And they, friends kept eating and we walk out before we could even walk out the door. My heart's just pounding and like, I can't breathe. Like something's happening. What's happening to me. Thought I was like, I don't, I didn't know if it was a heart attack. I was terrified beyond belief. Never experienced this in my life. Yeah. And, um, we walk out and Casey's, Casey's amazing. And he's like, Hey, I I think you're having a panic attack. You're going to be just fine. I'm like, I'm not fine. Like, this is not a panic attack. I think I'm dying and I'm freaking out. And our good friend, Alex was there. Yeah. And, um, and then he walks out and says some reassuring words, um, but it escalated bad. And 
you know, he's like, Hey, do you want to talk to my brother? I'm like, he's a doctor just to, to put your mind at ease. Like, you know, Debbie and I, we were just in the MTC for months and months working with all these, all these kids. I saw this every day. I, I can assure you you're having a panic attack, but you know, maybe it would help to just talk to a doctor. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, barely breathing still at this yeah. point. And, um, anyway, so I talked to him and, you know, by the end of the conversation, he's like, yeah, you know, I think you're fine, but you know, did you eat anything that you might be allergic to? Craziest thing of my life. My brain completely took over. And when he said that I automatically believed with full certainty that I was having an allergic reaction and my throat closed in an instance. I couldn't speak. I like <laughs> threw the phone at Alex and I just whispered, oh, I'm having an allergic reaction. I need Benadryl. I mean, I was a, I was no. a total lunatic, like total lunatic, like, like, like spreading my arms out, like get out of my way. I need Benadryl. I'm not kidding. This happened. Oh my god! Someone gives me Benadryl. They call the ambulance. The ambulance shows up. And then I just feel real stupid because like the Benadryl relaxes me. And I realize shoot, I really just did have a panic attack. Yeah. And then it just like tailspin me from there into this. What happened to me? Like what's happened to my life? Like everything was fine. And I, I don't know what happened, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but in retrospect, I mean, it was probably the fact that we were doing IVF for a year and then went straight into adoption and then tried IVF again. Yeah. Got a baby in two days from, from getting matched to bring the baby home to Casey transitioning from Vivin and then COVID. Just so much. So, so much. Right. Yeah. And no sleep because you have a newborn mm -hmm. and um, trying to be a hero because, you know, I'm a mom and that's what I'm supposed to do. And it's kind of like my perspective. Right. Mm hmm. And I like to do things well and I like to be like the best at it and um, just putting massive, massive pressure on myself that I didn't even realize I was doing, you know, yeah. and, tr and acting like it was all fine. Yeah. You know, we bring CJ home and we're literally carrying him around. I mean, we, we had the most amazing neighborhood, the one that, yeah. you know, we lived in when you were working at the house and um, we just were like the proudest family ever. We took him out in the wagon and cause nobody knew. Right. So it was this like big shocker and yeah. shock the world. Here's our son. Just, just so amazing. Right. Um, but not considering that it was like completely traumatic too. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly. Like downplaying how big of a deal it really was. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so for me, it was the first time in my life where I realized, Oh, I, I think I, th I thought I had everything like tied up in, in a nice little bow. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe there's a lot of stuff I actually need to work on Yeah, in my life. Mm -hmm. And which um, is a scary realization. Like it's a hard yeah, pill to swallow initially. Right. Yeah. But then once you start a journey of like self exploration and then really have this insatiable desire to grow. Yeah. And to um, make something new of yourself and not just follow this prescription. Mm -hmm. um, it gets really exciting as the time goes on. Yep. Um, but it takes a while, you know? And so for me, it was like, okay, what do I need to do initially to just like bring some peace in, into my life? And um, I found Yoga Nidra, which mm -hmm. is just a meditative yoga. 
you just lay in Shavasana. I found one at a local place and um, it was huge for me. Huge. Yeah. And it was my first, it was my first um, real effort at like recognizing the control that I have over myself in my brain. Yeah. That's you know? huge. Yeah. A hundred percent. Huge. Because to that point I had been living in this false reality that I could control everything else. Yeah. And honestly, just getting really personal, it stemmed from early, early on. I had suffered from an eating disorder from um, high school all through my 20s. Mm. Bad. Um, and I kept in check enough because I knew I had to be an athlete. Yeah. So I ate just enough. You know, it yeah. was it was on the on the you know spectrum of anorexia. Yeah. So I would eat just enough. I look back now at what I ate and I I, I don't even know how I functioned. Yeah. But I was, I actually wasn't really functioning. It was very incredibly damaging Yeah. to my body and my brain. Yeah. Um, because you do, you think you have everything under control. Um, and so anyway, it was, it was, it was really just this time in my life where I'm like, oh, I feel broken. Yeah. Like I feel really broken and, um, it was really hard. So let's see when CJ was born in 2019, I was how old? Um, what's the math on that? I'm 37 now. <laughs> He's three, four years. So I was so like 34. Yeah. Um, and so from like 34 till now, maybe 34 till 36, they're really hard. Cause then we adopted again. Yep. Um, and I had gotten into a headspace where, you know, we were ready and we knew, we knew we were always going to have two. Yeah. Two more kids. Like Just life kept felt, moving, but you, you had things yeah. to like work on, which is a kind of a really powerful position to be in actually. And like a lot of times those like life ending seeming moments where it's like what, like life shattering moments that yeah. in the moment seem like the worst thing ever, like a panic right. attack or anything along those lines. And right. anyone who comes on and talks about it, they end up being like just the start to the next, the next chapter of growth. Right. Yeah, if you which choose. Is, if you choose. Or yeah. you can let it exactly. Yeah, it's actually a really good point. Or you can let it go and turn into right. a it's downward a crossroads spiral. Again. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know, for me it was like very obvious what mm. I had to do because I wasn't gonna live my life with panic attacks. Yeah. You know? Yep. Because it was it was I, I don't know how it works for other people. I, I've known people in my life that have kind of tailspinned into these panic attacks. Um, but it was a week of hell. Yeah. Um, I remember the next day I had two and by the night I was really scared because I thought, what is happening? My life is over. Yeah. You know, your perspective, like I, you just have this myopic perspective of like, yeah, shoot. I, uh, what does this mean for the rest of my life? Yeah. I'm going to have panic attacks the rest of my life. This is no life to live. Like, you know, you just, you just go in this rabbit hole. Sounds so extreme. But no, but it makes perfect sense. I yeah. Mean, it's the same as, yeah. That's, it's just your brain. I like my brain protecting itself. Like, oh, you've got, you, you've got to like figure this out because you can't, yeah, you can't do this. Yeah. And, um, anyway, it was, it was probably like a couple months where I finally could, um, recognize triggers mm -hmm. so that I could stop them before they came. But it took, it took, you know, short amount of time really, but that amount of time to realize, oh, you know, sleep is a huge one for yeah. me and, um, you know, just overdoing it like over exhaustion. And mm -hmm. to that point, I, I was an athlete my whole life. I still am an athlete, but I, my workouts, like they were intense. Yeah. 
nothing but intense would work. I go on a hike with my friends and I'm like, dang, it didn't work out today. <laughs> so crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, just overload. Like you just, reco- you recognized an overload that had probably been in place for a long time. Oh, in yeah, ways yeah. a long right? time. And then throwing more kids into the mix on top of the other kids. Like yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. That's, that is, that is madness. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Total madness. So then we, at- we adopt text, which honestly, like our adoption story is not, is not normal at mm-hmm. all. It, it kind of followed the same line. We did our paperwork. We were finalized around July again, matched in a couple weeks. And then this time, um, Brianna, we had five to six weeks with Brianna and it was special because we flew to Arizona. She asked me to be in the delivery room with her. Mm. Um, like COVID round two was ramping up. And so they were, the restrictions on hospitals ramped up again. So Casey couldn't come at all, mm-hmm. even in the waiting room. And so I was just there for the full 48 hours with Brianna. And then we walked out together and that's crazy. That's when Casey met him for yeah. the first time. Uh, he was born on my birthday, birthday twins. No way. Yeah. Oh, I Kinda didn't know cute. that either. That's way cute. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, then we, then we were starting life with five kids. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, you guys, yeah, fast forward a couple of years, that's where you guys are right now. And you get like, it's so, it's been so cool to watch and be like a, even a small part and like be in the room for some of the conversations and kind of watch it all happen. And as you know, Casey's like one of my biggest mm-hmm. mentors in life. And then you've been like a huge, like when you say you had the ex- the example of how your parents were and that's like how, how you kind of understood things like that's, I, I gained that from specific people, couples, marriages in my life. And you mm-hmm. guys are one of them for sure. Oh, like you guys amazing. have been, you guys have been, been awesome. Chelsea, literally like it's insane how fast time goes by, like mm-hmm. running out of time and saying, I want to be respectful of your time and everyone's and, and thank you so much for coming. And that was a blast. And there'll be even more to go unpack if we do another episode, but, but thank you so much for coming and to wrap it up. The name of the na- the name of the show is today's the day, and that was actually a that was a term that I adopted really early on back when Casey had me reading. I went to his office one day, and big on the board he had written, "All I have is now," mm. and it was only one time. It's not like he always had that written that I know of. And I, I yeah, I've actually it was just written that. one time, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's like a really cool way of looking at things." And then like my mm. motto just became like today's the day, and basically what it means to keep it super simple is literally like today's all you really have. Yesterday yeah. already happened. Uh-huh. It's out of your control. You can't change it. Right. Tomorrow might not happen. Right. So today really is all you have. And what yeah. I've found and recognized and experienced is if you approach things that way, you get so much more out of everything. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question for you, and, and we only bring people on who are very apparent with that. Like mm. they, they kind of live it, whether they realize it or not, is what advice would you have for people where it's like, yeah, like this really is all you've got. Like what experience have you had that mm. shows that tells that or yeah. what advice would you have to help people live that way? Right. Um, it's probably leaving off on the, you know, dramatic story of this panic attack because it really was, you know, this crossroads for me of like, I, I've got to figure stuff out yeah, and, um, recognizing that it is a day to day mm-hmm. and just, just, just realizing what can I do today? Right. That gets me one step forward to tomorrow. Mm. And then what are you going to do tomorrow? And then we have days where you're backtracking, you recognize that, and then you have to move forward again. Yeah. 
Um, and so for me, like, you know, I said that from like age 34 to 36, it was kind of this heavy time Mm -hmm. of trying to figure out what does life actually mean for me? I said that, you know, being a mom was what I always wanted to be. I knew it. I was, I was sure of it. And all of a sudden I came to a spot where I, I, not that I wasn't sure about being a mom, but kind of had these faulty beliefs coming out of nowhere, coming out of the woodworks of like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. You're just a mom. Yeah. You literally have amounted to not much. And then, then realizing like, you know, your, your podcast title today is the day it's like, okay, you know what? No, I'm worth a ton. And my, everybody's life to wherever they're at is uh, exactly the way it was supposed to be for certain reasons. And I think it's just incumbent on humans to recognize your past as something really, really beautiful Cause I think when you can do that, then that's when your life starts to really grow and yeah. really catapult. And so for myself, I feel like I've just tapped into this amazing growth cycle the past two years. And so, yeah, if we ever did a, another one, maybe we could get into that, but absolutely, we absolutely will hundred percent, but that, I mean, that's a perfect answer and that's a really, really cool way to look at it. So thank you so much. And thank you for p- making time being here. And then everybody, thank you guys for tuning in much love until next time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, As always, it was a blast for me. I hope you got something out of this. If you got something out of this video of value, share this with a friend and please go show your love. We're on all streaming platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Any ratings, comments, likes, shares, they go a very long way and they make it so I can keep doing these things for you. And I would appreciate it greatly. So please go share with a friend. Until next time.